hello, hello. Another massive weekend and week of NBL action. New Zealand, a trans-Tasman Ooh. bubble is created and they're off to Tasmania <laughs> through NBL fashion. Pete Hawley, how are you? Good, mate. And that's, that was actually pretty good for me. I know you always worry about your openers, but not bad. I like well, that. It's just a New Zealand flavour. There's never any pre-planning. No, there is It's always isn't. just spur of the moment. I mm. guess that goes, lack of research is probably one of the fundamental mm. foundations that we've worked off. Yeah, well, there's for no, years, there's and, no, it's, and it's garnered success so far. Well, I was going to say, normally you, you pre-plan if we're starting with something about the Kings, and well, we are. But it's, there's it's no the down-the-barrel monologue here, but we are starting with the Kings. Unfortunately, it, it is another negative. Mm. But, you know, it's not me claiming it's a negative. It's DJ popping the Achilles. We've seen Jack White go down with the Achilles, now DJ. Both eerily similar incidents around the same even point on the court. Now... You'd almost rather do an ACL than an Achilles. Mm. When you talk about sporting injuries, you probably rate the Achilles up there as the least one that you want. It's around about a 14-month injury, which from what we've seen with the scheduling so far, they're probably going to miss out on next season as well, which sucks. This is two of the brightest young stars, not just for their respective teams, but in Australian basketball overall. It's horrible. It's one of the worst things in a week of basketball to lose those two to that. Uh, for fans, for the both clubs, for both them. Both exciting guys as well. It's not like we just lost guys that were doing, you know, there's players that just they happen to help their teams or they're, yeah. they're reliable for their teams. These were exciting guys to watch and Jack White was only getting better. Yeah. DJ, my God, if Tasmania had picked him up or something mm. like that, and I think he's on a multi-year deal with the Kings, but I want to see him get the reins. And I'm going to talk on Casper Ware sort of stuff and mm. who should get the reins there, but obviously we can't talk on that anymore. Because DJ goes down. It's it's apparently I've heard I needed someone to do some proper research that Jack Whoops. White and DJ Vasiljevic have the exact same like history in in just like success and everything that happens over their career. Both went to ACC schools. Apparently, it's very like it's eerily like creepily similar how everything seems to be the same for them. And then now they have the Achilles thing, which is obviously the most negative one. But they're future boomers, and I think Jack White's a future boomer captain. But this really sucks for the league. I enjoyed watching both of them play. DJ was lighting it up. For, okay, DJ was rookie of the year. Let's look at DJ. DJ, 100% rookie of the year. Well, they, I reckon the NBL would have gone for Giddy anyway, Ooh. just to add a little bit of a bump to the we'll draft. Get to, we're going to get to that. Yeah, you know how that works. We're going to get to that. But DJ was hands down, the, in my opinion, he was the King's MVP, mm. the way that he was playing. He was shooting at a better percentage than Casper. He was playing better than Casper Ware, which is unbelievable because you know that I rate Casper Ware as a player. Don't rate him down the stretch of games, seven for 38 in the final two minutes. That's why I always used to say that I want DJ shooting those shots. But this is just an absolute blow. What do the Kings need to do from here? Do you get an injury replacement in? Do you just sort of hand in the season and say, look, we've been ravaged by injury. Let's develop some young guys, get Geordie Hunter some big minutes, get some bench guys some big minutes and go into next year because you've already got the foundations. You've got a great coach in Adam Ford. You've got a whole bunch of issues off court, but I don't think they're ever going to be solved. So Mm. you've got to work with what you've got. But you've got good on-court talent. Sean Bruce stepping up. I think he's another guy that can continue. Another year of development for him, and I'm not acting like he's a young guy, but just getting that so solid NBL minutes, confidence under the belt. Because he's played in the league before, he just needs to be trusted. And it seems like any time a team entrusts Sean Bruce to play well, bang, he comes out and performs. So I'd love to see him just ride out the season. There's Jeremy Kendall's and all these sort of types that you can bring in. But I'm happy just saying to Sean Bruce, ride this one out. Develop your game, get that confidence, know that we as the Sydney Kings have confidence in you, and then eventually maybe next year he can just fill that role. Not I, to a scoring yeah. prowess, but you can bring in an import next season you can cover that. I think they need to bring someone in. I think they need it because they're on the fringe like playoffs. We look at the teams around. It's they ain't going to make the playoffs. The well, that's, what, that's why the you look at who, who can you possibly bring in is the real question. But I think they need to because when Xavier Cooks comes back, everything's been real quiet on that. If they get if he's due How back – 
is it a, until Xavier Cooks is back? back in a couple weeks, then that changes because they will be able to make a run and they just need another piece because they're – with Jarrell Martin, now he's back in, in full flight. He's playing really well, filling up the statue. When he was out, Vasiljevic was their main guy, as you said, offensively. Yeah. He was having 30-point games in the NBL Cup. So I think they need someone. I'm not sure who they get. And I'm trying to think about guys in the similar position – you're looking at guys like maybe Kwani Kwani. He's running around training. Yeah, but if you're going to bring a player, like I love Kwani Kwani and I love his game, don't get me wrong. But if you're losing DJ, you've got to bring in someone with a scoring prowess that's capable so maybe of scoring 20 points. So it's Jeremy Kendall. Jeremy man. Kendall's that <laughs> guy. Kendall. And, and people knock Jeremy Kendall all the time when he's he gets these injuries. He's a bucket. Yeah. He can score in the NBL, he's a good dude. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, why are we bringing in Jeremy Kendall? This sort of stuff. Because the guy, he knows mm. how to score at an NBL level. Yep. He might not be the greatest defender, but he can put up points. And that's what right now the Sydney Kings are going to need to replace that. And I don't think you've got time to bring in an import oh, to spend don't. 14 days quarantine. We don't have imports anyway. They've still and got we, two. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't even have room to have mm. one. So I think that Jeremy Kendall's the answer there, but... Well, Jeremy Kendall's going to bring you that offense. You talk about Sean Bruce should start. That's the way we figured it out. He should start and be able to continue his great season. And this, and, and I'm not when I talk about Sean Bruce coming in and not being able to play that DJ role. He's not as good of a scorer. No, as yeah, DJ that's not his role. But also, when you give a guy a chance, he put up some decent points on the weekend, and he showed that he can get to the rim. He can shoot the ball well. That you never know. I, well, I, just, is- I just think you you underrate you underestimate Sean Bruce at your own peril. I think people have done that yeah. in this league, and he spent some years outside of the league when he definitely shouldn't have. They need him to step up a bit more offensively. And they need Didi Lazard now to be a consistent scoring threat every single night. But I also think they do need to bring... It's a massive loss for Suljevic. They need to bring another piece. Unless Cooksey's... We don't know what's happening with Cooksey. We that's the thing. And, and that, such is the time with the NBL. We, not never, we never find out about injuries. They're not throwing in the town. They're, they're going to make a playoff run. And the Hawks showed some fight, so that changes things with how that... It's a four spot, isn't it? The three other three teams, I think, are locked in. Top three's locked up. That four spot is up for grabs. And I, and I don't mean to write them off completely, but I just think injuries considered mm. right now... It's been Losing tough. that scoring punch for DJ, oh. you're just not going to be able to put enough points up to win that many games. Speaking of not winning that many games, the Cairns Taipans continue to just flounder yeah. and flounder down the bottom. Now, we no one would have picked this at the beginning of the year, and I hear all these calls for Mike Kelly's head. Ridiculous. Fire the coach. No, that's not what it is. Mm. You've got yourself a great coach in an environment that is notoriously hard to win games at Cairns. Great year last year. Coach of the year. Tough year this year. It just hasn't worked. I'm willing to forgive COVID basketball. Because right now it's more than coaching. We're talking about teams having to hub, go on the road, all this sort of stuff. I'm willing to forgive coaches because this is the hardest year probably in NBL history Mm. to coach because coaching is both being a psychologist and on-court tactician. There's a bit of both that comes into it. And some people are not good at the former. They're a tactician. And I just think this is a tough one to judge a coach on. So I'm not going to judge Mike Kelly on this one. I think that right now they just need to develop young guys. Hopefully they can keep them on for next year. And I don't even know who they're going to be able to get in next year. But I don't think it's a clearinghouse sort of job. No. I think it's a sit down. Where are we at? What went wrong? How do we get back to the previous year? If this happens again next year, then yes. Calls can be made and people can say, okay, well, maybe this isn't the right fit. But no, you get the benefit of the doubt. Well, Noy and Deng injuries are huge because they were going to be huge pieces, but they are already struggling before that, weren't they? And the calls for Mike Kelly are so absurd. If he struggled like this last year at his first year, everyone would be like, oh, it's okay, it's his first year. We'll give him another year, see how he goes. Just because they were so good last year and he's having a poor year this year does not mean that Mike Kelly cannot coach. No. It is ridiculous to hear that. They've got a fantastic so staff. Jamie O'Loughlin as well. This is this is two guys who really it's know how to coach. Ridiculous. Mark. And what it is, is I think so much has now has been mental for so long with 
the Taipans this year that they last year they had no expectations. No one knew what they were going to get from Cam Oliver. You obviously see the hype around imports. Machado was incredible. We knew what DJ Newbill could do. And all of a sudden last year, they were just everybody's team. Wanted to see them succeed. They started playing well. Having Hunter fun. versus hunted mentality. That is huge. So they come in with a weight of expectation to compete for a title. They said that. Oliver and Machado signed for multi-year deals, said, we want to win a title. We were that close last year. You come in, it's a lot different to play Hunter versus Hunter, a lot different, and they struggled early and then just couldn't fight their way out of a hole. What do they do now? I like where your head's at with development. I think that's going to be a key, but the the big thing for the Taipans is they're an entertaining team when they're up and about. Yeah. So do you trade that off with just trying to develop the young kids, knowing how important it is to be able to still put on a show? for? Well, that's the hard thing, and you've, you've got and development's tough when you've got two superstar import guys who you need to try to work out how to hold on. I'm not sure how easy that's going to be, but you look at some of the talent they've got there, like Tad Dufelmeyer. Can play, man. I love Tad Dufelmeyer's game. And he's another guy that's just sort of snuck under the radar, had some big NBL one season, Siebel, all that sort of stuff. Was pretty tough in college, played at a lower level. Mm. So, of course, you just don't hear about him that much. But I love to see him come out and score because he's another guy that looks okay. He's not physically imposing. Yep. But he can play. I love to see Tad get a little bit more time. And then he's one of those guys that could, you can potentially hold on to. And that's always going to be the issue for Cairns. Mm-hmm. You go down this you know, avenue of retention. Okay, we're going to develop the Mercos, Tad, Fabian, these guys. Okay, you develop them for a couple of years and then they head back home to Sydney. Yeah. Or they head back home to Melbourne or somewhere that's like that. That's always a hard thing, yeah. Or Cairns can't match the, the offers on the table and you lose those young kids. Yep. And that's always the risk you play when you run this retention one. But I think that there's enough respect for Mike Kelly and Jamie O'Loughlin within that group where they can potentially go down that route. We've seen Jordan Nartai start to explode a little bit. We knew what he was capable of now. He's getting more chance to do that. So I think there's still plenty to play for if you're the type man. You, you can't make finals. The season has been disappointing, but still you can take positives out of the season by finishing it off well. And now you just play the party runner. Go up against these teams and try and ruin some parties because you can do that exactly. on any given night. They, they fought hard over the weekend, but... Got to try and look positive. One of my favourite Lindsay Gay's quotes. And there's a lot of things that Lindsay Gay used to do that I yeah. absolutely love. A treasure of the basketball world. But the operation was a success, but the patient died. And we've seen that a lot, in my opinion, with Cairns this year. Missed shots. Cam Oliver playing like a shell sometimes of what he used to be. Not stats-wise, just... His character, yeah, 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 the energy and yeah. that sort of stuff. We just haven't seen that, and maybe that goes with the COVID stuff. You know, a lot of these guys don't have access to their families; mm-hmm. they don't have access no to other things, which is an issue. And that's why you're sort of willing to forgive some things in the sake of cans there. But hopefully, we get to see them again next year because I do not want to. You know, I love the Thai fans, and I do not want to be in those. Oh, we all though have that soft do. spot with the Thai. Well, fans? because I understand and I yeah. respect how difficult it is in that right. market to try to, one, retain players. Kansas up in damn near middle of nowhere up mm. there. Guys want to come home. It's tough, and they don't have the same money that other teams have. They've ingested a little bit more this year, of course, but unfortunately just hasn't worked out. The curious case of Dang Adele. Oh, it is curious, isn't it? It is curious because came into this year, and I hyped him up a lot. I Didn't we all? On both ends of he the floor. He was my second team All-NBL. Oh, I don't think there's been a more disappointing player Mm. This year, and it sucks because I love the kid. Mm. Dang Adele is a fantastic kid, but you've just got to look at stats of stats right now and only averaging six points at the moment. I know he went through a couple of injury woes at the start of the year, and he hasn't looked that same athletic, explosive mm. sort of player. So I'm I'm almost willing to put it down as, is there some sort of niggling injury that Dang Adele's carrying? Because I refuse to believe the Dang Adele that I know, the Dang Adele that I've seen play, the guy who actually got some minutes in the NBA – 
played well at Louisville, yep. would only average six points in this league. And, and it's hard. Does he suit the system that Gorgon's trying to run? Is he a guy that potentially he gets another gig next year, whether it be in, in Europe? I, I hope that he stays in the NBL. And that's not saying that's more of his decision. He will yeah, get yeah. another offer in the NBL. But I want to see, does, does he go to Tasmania or something next year and does he just ball out? Like, you just is, is it a situational thing? I refuse to believe that Dengadel is just not good enough for this league, which is totally false. He is good enough for this league. Yeah. He is far better than what he's played this year. I think it's a bit of both of, like, he had those injuries. He looked really good in the preseason. But I think the right. injuries combined with you trying to now fit into a system where I don't think anybody expected Jessup to be such a high-volume guy on the team. We knew no. what he could do, but I expected Jessup to be a spot-up shooter. I know he was drafted, but being okay, he's going to have, eight to ten points a night, be a nice little solid next star. He's turned into a superstar on their team, and it's been the him and Tyler Harvey show. And I think him coming into that and realizing he was the third wheel of that was kind of a momental thing that he couldn't grasp. Well, he was hyped up in the season, and hype can do a lot of damage at certain times. And and you also look at the weight of expectation on the kid right now. Yep, He's still a young player. He's still getting everyone saying, geez, he's playing terribly. He's hit the side of the backboard, 0 for 13, this sort of stuff. And that weighs down on you. I think people, people underestimate how much damage, and I'm not saying people shouldn't be there to criticize. Yes, it's worthy of criticism. But I think that when you when you look at that and you look at how he's performing, obviously he's thinking he's thinking about it too much. Well, the That's pressure right. now is, you see this with the young guys coming in is like your leash is so short that you screw up or miss a couple of shots and you don't play much. He struggled for so long now that his leash because Gorge needs to win games. And Gorge, Gorge is a tough bar. That's what I mean. Gorge so, is a tough. Gorge is mother. thinking cheapers. He, he's not having a good game again tonight. He's not going to coddle I someone that's not playing up to their ability. So, ability. And, and I that's think a bit of an another thing is I don't think they realise the emergence of Sam Froling playing in the post as much because Daniel Dell's going to have a mismatch at the three. We've seen it. You can see he tries to post up, but he posts up in front of like eight guys, and he, there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah. So I think the system hasn't worked for him either. Albeit there's plenty of excuses, we still expected him to rise above all of this, and there's still a lot of time left in the season. I think we've seen two really good games from him over the year. They need a bit more out. If they want to get anywhere near like a competitive run, they still need him to show up, whether it's de- defensively or on the glass. That's the thing. Pick a side of the floor right now. And just do it. And Focus don't worry about anything else. Yeah, but the hard thing is, even if he comes out and defends his ass off and is the best defender every game, People still look at the game in a basic sense. They're going to say, but he scored four points. Yeah. He was a fringe NBA player. Well, Louisville, again, like that sort again, of stuff. So you win and mask a lot. So they keep does winning. Mask a lot. They keep winning. All of a sudden, they're like, well, he's playing his role. Yeah. You excited about this one? It's I back. What is, Shit takes. Oh, finally. But annoyingly, we don't actually have vision oh. of the tweets because it was too many. There was a lot. There was too many. Mm. And, and it sort of goes, so it's Josh Giddy, the draft dilemma right now. So many people saying, and there was a bit of talk of you know people overhyping Giddy, people rating him, saying, "Oh, how can you compare him to Ben Simmons?" No one's comparing Josh to Ben Simmons. He compared himself. He said that's, but the- not in the sense that people are saying. No, exactly right. He's talking exactly about right. a taller guard that can play multiple positions. <laughs> exactly he's not right. saying I'm Ben Simmons. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> well, he can shoot first off, so clearly he's not saying that. He's not saying that. And people just take these things out of context. But the thing that I, I think people are so obsessed right now with where Giddy goes in the draft. Mm. Now that should not matter at all. Because all going higher in the draft, and maybe for him financially, you can get a bit more if you get drafted higher. But all that does is raise the pressure and raise the expectation. Just because you get drafted five and scouts draft you five versus drafting you 30 does not mean that you will play better in the NBA. There's very little correlation to that, especially with international guys. So all we need to hope for is watch Josh Giddy's game and look at points. Okay, this is where he's going to be successful. Maybe not his first year. Mm. Maybe not his second year, but his third year. 
that's where he's going to be successful in the NBA. Let's worry about how he's going to do in the league because he's going to be playing in the league no matter what. Let's not worry about where he gets drafted. That's not the be-all and end-all. Anthony Bennett's a prime example. Anthony it? Bennett, drafted number one. Greg where, where is he now? He exactly. might be on this podcast next week. We're yeah. not sure. I wouldn't mind that. That'd be actually cool. I've got a lot of stories to ask him. Yeah. But the, the concern with these guys of where they go just annoys me a little bit. Like, oh, he's moved, he's moved up to six. Like, it doesn't matter. It yep. does not matter at all. It is a complete byproduct. We need to worry about how is he developing his jump shot. He's shooting the ball well at the moment. Mm. That's going to help him in the NBA. I'm, his defense is yeah. starting to move up a notch. That's going to help him in the NBA. It's about how he does, not where he gets drafted. First off, defensively, Lamelo didn't play any defense in his here. You don't none. But and he I, played on a team that just dropped almost every game. Exactly. And was right. Woeful. So I want to talk more about people saying stop overhyping him. One. We're not overhyping him. His game is hyping himself up. He's putting together some massive games. He's flirting so with a triple double we're allowed every to be, single game. And if we are overhyping him, so what? We're in NBL in Australia. He's a teenager. Every single high school kid who's anywhere from a three star to a five star has multi videos going across socials every single day of their training. Like hype in America is so easily caught onto. That so what if we're hyping up one of our own? Like that's what we need to do because he's not in front of the American system every single day. Yeah. Not saying that we are going crazy over hyping. His game's hyping himself up and the draft, they're gonna keep doing all that kind of stuff. But so what if we want to adopt adapt adopt one of our adapt? Adopt one of our own to really get behind. Everybody wants to see him succeed. Um, there's gonna be pressure regardless. I'll tell you who the people that constantly hate on this stuff, and they're probably the lowest common denominator in society. I hate these people with a passion. It's the NBA nuffies mm. from Australia, the people yeah. that live here in this country, mm. Australian citizens, yep. coat of arms, yeah. respect the country. They're the ones sitting there saying, oh, the NBA sucks, man. No, no, no. The, the NBA snobs. Like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. You don't gain anything by talking down Australian basketball while sitting here thinking, like, you're not in the NBA. Yeah. You're just some loser sitting on his couch at home doing absolutely jack shit. It's the people, and you're going to yeah. sit there knocking the NBA off its pedestal, a, a league that is growing and growing and growing and producing more talent than virtually, more international talent than any of our other sporting codes at the highest level. And they're like, no, 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 I would never watch the NBL, man. I just watch the NBA. Shut up. Yeah, and you, yeah, do, watch shut the, up. you do watch the NBL very regularly. You do regularly. watch the NBL yeah. because you're commenting under yeah. every single fucking video. It's the people who multi LeBron over three points, over three rebounds, over three assists and claim they had a big multi win. That's what, like, it's yeah. you, he walks into that. Like, you're not a hero for doing that. Oh, anyway, I get too fired up with those sort of people. In play or out of bounds, should we be concerned with the criticism of Melbourne's crowds at the moment? This could have been in shit takes too. Oh, this could have been in shit takes. It's the same two people that keep coming up with it every single week. Like, harping on it every single week is the same people on Twitter. Oh, Melbourne crowds, basketball in Victoria is on the on the dive. AFL crowds are down. They are. big, And they're worried AFL about AFL crowds. This is the biggest football state in the country mm. and AFL crowds are down. Yes, we just went through a massive, we still had restrictions up until the day before the game. Crowds are going to be down. It doesn't mean that basketball is on a, on a nosedive. We're competing with junior basketball, junior footy, all starting up. There is a reason why the NBL does not want to play during this period because you have to fight for exactly. those eyes against yep. the AFL. And then people are like, oh, there was, there was footy on in Sydney as well. Even the NRL struggles with crowds. Nowhere near as many people go to the NRL and there might be two games on in Sydney. We have four or five games a weekend on here. And people have a bit of loss of disposable income, all these sort of things. So it is just an unnecessary, no one, is worried about the crowds that are going to the NBL right now. First off... Look- and any, anyone in any sense that understands commercial 
aspects of things. Well, the people, obviously, the people who are commenting on this have yeah. absolutely no yeah. clue. Well, it's the crowd on the weekend was poor. Last night was rocking. At, it was pumped at uh, John Kane Arena. That was because it's a Monday night. What were they competing with? Nothing. Exactly. Oh. But you've got to look at everything that's gone on. We had the NBL Cup. So many games for cheap prices here. As we've said before, I would have loved to see no games in Melbourne for the Phoenix or United for two weeks after that to make everybody kind of miss it and then want to go back and back to normal. So that's going to be hard. You're competing with that. We're still in a pandemic, whether you realize it or not. What we came off last year, as you've brought up, families and stuff have lost so much money, all this. You can't go to every game like you used to. So, And that's the same with footy. That's the same yeah. with everything. And to add to that, people are still not comfortable with completely going out every single night to no. certain events because of exactly that. We're still in dealing with a pandemic. Granted, Australia's doing so much better than everywhere else. People are still fearful of all that. I'll tell you where it's really rich coming from as well. Perth fans. And I love the Wildcats. They're going to... You barely even had a pandemic in yeah. Western Australia. No one's really been hit yeah. hard in any sense compared to any other state. Let me just go through the list of shit that's going on in Perth this weekend. Uh, nothing. <laughs> a Wildcats game. So you can go there. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll keep your crowds as normal. We're dealing with restrictions, all this other stuff going on. So don't, don't come in here and say, oh, but the Wildcats are getting this. They must be, you know, they must be the home of basketball. No, you just up. You just need to look at exactly what all the factors and understand. As, as we said, we're, we're playing at a time when the NBL has never played and it will never be played this time no, again. Rightly so. We're trying to get games played for finish this season, then we'll go back to normal. That's one thing. NBL Cup's another. Pandemic, family money, all this. They're going to fluctuate. Yeah. Oh, Ad- Adelaide's getting more, more uh, people going to the game than us. Mate, I'm, I was from Adelaide. Oh. I'm from Adelaide. There's two reasons I leave the house in Adelaide. One's to go to a Crows game because we're elite this year. Or and the other one's to go game. to a 36 game. People, uh, what else certain, am I doing? It, it's Hindley Street? I'm not going to Hindley Street. I'm not 16 anymore. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind hanging around the Rundle Mall. The balls. <laughs> no surprise to <laughs> me. Anyway, time for hot or cold. Oh, but on that, sorry, because oh, I want to talk about oh, last oh, night. Oh, you're going to let me introduce sorry, the segment I, I had it and then down. cut me off, Pete? Remember what happened to the last person that did that? The last two people that did that? Oh, sorry, you're mate. no longer on. No, but I want to just shout out uh, Nathan Sobey because he was elite last night in a game that should have been a blowout. This man is averaging 24 points on 49% from the field, 42% from three, 89% from free, uh, free throw line. Nearly having a 50-40-90 season, high volume. Unbelievable. He's in the boomers. He has to be in the squad. He has to be added to the squad. Who's he going in over? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. No, no, no. no. If you're going to sit here and say Nathan Sobey's in the boomers squad, then you've got to you've got to go to me, okay, the boomers squad needs a scoring punch rather than a defensive punch. Is that what you're saying? I can't you, remember you, who's on the Mitch McCarron would be the one that you would swap for. Are you going to go with Nathan Sobey as a pure scorer, an elite pure I think scorer, the best? I just think up there with Cotton in terms of scoring, as just a reward for his efforts. Like, oh, he deserves a reward. If they could add one more to the squad, I'd say yes, do it. But right now, when you look at a, a squad, you know what it's like. You've got to match guys up with these guys that aren't necessarily going to make the team. Mm. What you've got to add into That's it why is I'm, guys they're going to challenge. Which those is other why ones. we're happy Mitch Norton's there. Mitch Thornton, Mitch McCarron, just they just want a couple of defensive dogs to go in there. Yeah, That's enough. why you can't read in. You, I don't judge a player by whether they got an invite to a boomers camp. Only because he's not going to win MVP because Bryce Cotton's a freak. But Would he's... I rather Nathan Sobey on my team than Mitch McCarron right now? Yeah, I'd probably take Nathan Sobey. Mm. When I'm a boomers coach looking at the squad, okay, we've got Paddy Mills. Who are we going to have him dogging up and down Fever the Fever Paddy, yeah. Fever Paddy, yeah, oh, beast. I'm probably going to go with Mitch McCarron in that squad because that's what I want. You don't need another pure scorer in there. Yep. That's right, just we can move on. I, I just wanted to shout out. He's can, I, can I get on with hot and cold? Or are you gonna... Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Can I go for it? Can I come I'm back? Gonna go, I'm going to go for it can right I now. Can I come back ready? next week? Uh, I don't know. There's a couple of other guys that I might have filled that seat. Hot or cold? There we go. Got through it. The Hawks' new funky little lineup. 
Elite. Gorge is just throwing a little gamble out there. And what they did against the Phoenix... And something needed to change. Playing 100%. Playing Dan Greeter in the four defensively, Justin Simon in the four offensively. Is it a funky new lineup or is it just the fact that Dan Greeter's back into the team? No, but I don't think they would have ever practiced together that five. Sam Froling at the five, Greeter at the four, Simon, Harvey, Jessup. I don't think they would have ever had practices in that five. And they just all played defense together. They just switched everything. Offensively, they put Simon in the four. Holy crap, that works because he's not floating around the three-point line with his little shot-put shot. He's cutting and get, getting big plays. I thought it was elite. Great gamble by Gorge if they've never done it before. Something new, and it was so exciting to see. Sixes, a sneaky chance for the top four. Sneaky, yeah, hot. But I, they need Isaac oh. Humphreys back. The Hawks got two on the trot. Did we jump the gun on Connor Henry? We didn't. As in what? Saying that he can't coach? Oh, we did criticise him at the start of the Oh, year. with the Brandon Paul with stuff. With the Brandon Paul sort of stuff. It's, I'm still half-half. I, I, of course I rate him as a coach. I think if you're I just a head wanted, coach in the NBL, you're I just not a bad to coach. It's all just situation. The Twitter thing when he said, like, if you want to understand our vision, give me a call. I think a lot of people want to understand your vision. Come out and say what your vision is so we can get behind it. Yeah, but not every coach is going to have to come out. Well, we spoke about this last week, but you can't expect coaches to come out and give you a... Like a rundown. It's like a, at a president's lunch. No, but that you know, wasn't... AFL just, guys do it sometimes. That wasn't Coaches, one person... give you the rundown for the season. That wasn't one person saying, oh, what's going on? Hundreds of people saying, dude, what's going on? So just... Hundreds. Hundreds. Mate, Adelaide is basketball <laughs> city, mate. It was a riot at Rundle Mall calling for Coach Henry Dunn to uh, elaborate on his tweet. NZ to get a home game. I brought this one up time and time again. Hot. Trans-Tasman bubbles open. Hot. There was three cases there. Community yeah, transmission. Well, that's do you reckon thing. they risk it? Not yet. I think it'll be a couple of weeks away just to see how that all goes because I saw that and immediately. It's just so exciting for the breakers if they can do that. So I'm hoping that there might be a couple. That'll be cool. I'd, I'd love it. I think I'd, it's coming. It I'd love to. them to just say, okay, you can go home for two weeks. Bang. Two-week camp out. What you're going to have to I think we'll find is they're going to end up playing, if they do, a weekend or something where they play the same team twice. It's yeah. not going to be like a multiple Or even if they, if they let them stay for a little bit longer, play two teams twice. And let them all stay down there. Let them all stay play. down. Hub it. Queenstown. Oh. Go get down to Queenstown. Tyler Harvey, the most exciting player in the league. Now, we want to have a little bit of footage as well Ooh. on this one because I just, and maybe I'm biased because I played with Tyler and stuff like that, but he is just so damn exciting to watch. We've got some vision to throw out, and the reason, the reason I'm saying he's not exactly the most exciting player to watch ah, is because blasphemy. every blasphemy. single time he has a big game, which is nearly every night, love his floater that we get to see. You bring up that you score more threes than him in college, so that's I why. I did, Peter. Yeah, in like eight extra years. He played two years, I didn't he? I played one extra year, and I, I'm pretty sure I beat him by convincing him out. Did you? I did. Okay, let's be... I also once, in one game, I attempted 15 threes, so I definitely got him up with a bit more hate. Well, that's what I was going to say, and, and college... Felix von Hoff was a beast. Let's not forget. College Felix von Hoff was a different animal. So I will say... He's, on and off the court. Uh, unfortunately, more off the court for my own sake, but... Well, we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> there's a lot of things we can talk about there. He's very exciting to watch, no doubt. I it's, love watching It's the play. smoothness for yeah. me. Like when you watch the game, there's certain guys like Cotton, you can sort of predict his game a little bit. And I'm not saying Tyler Harvey's better than Cotton, but Tyler Harvey plays such an unpredictable, and that's why I say exciting. Yeah. Not the most efficient, not the best player in the league, but exciting because he plays such an unpredictable game. You look at that one late game against the Phoenix, bang, knocks it down. We just saw the foot. Did he play that way in college, like as smooth? Because you, talk about, you talk about being predictable. You ran three-point line to three-point line your whole life. Oh, I was predictable, yeah. yeah but the issue is and I still, shoot behind my head, so it's yeah, tough to block, so you can true. sort of get it off any time. Yeah. Tyler was just an expert at mm. Creating space, but it was again, he had the total green light and he had more of a green light in college than he does here, so it was even more exciting to watch. And if you do want to go back and watch the game against Georgetown yeah. in the tournament, 
that's one where you can really see that is the ultimate green light for a player. The year 31 or something against Georgetown in the tournament in a loss, unfortunately, which we should have won, but that's for another podcast. But it's that just dribble down. I did. So I, I hit my like, first shot and I missed everything else. So but anyway, half the time his reason is that you had so many threes is because all the defense was worried about Tyler Harvey. Pretty much, oh. it was pretty much. We'll let this guy beat us. Yeah, Northern Arizona. <laughs> I went three look for at him. fifteen. Look at this guy's face. There is no way he beats us. <laughs> he literally just came back from the bar. There is no way he beats us. The dude's us. still wearing jeans and he's in the warm up. <laughs> let him beat us. But on Tyler Harvey, we can see you talk about his smoothness. Last week he was had the back spasms and he was struggling. That's proof of. With that back just continues to hamper him. He looked way better in the last couple of games. The worst type of injury for a player of his caliber, the way he goes about it, the way he moves with the ball, he is very exciting to watch. Homicide told me when we were commentating, he's the highest usage by far in the NBL. I'd rather say exciting because usage, Bryce Cotton's usage is ridiculous, so we're yeah. not going to go there. He is definitely one of the most exciting players to watch, no doubt. Oh, love it. Will Magne waved by the Pelicans Ooh. this morning. Yes. Olgan Ulick just reporting that one on Twitter as I was scrolling, walking down Collins Street. And I had a little – it was kind of a joke that I said a Mooney Magne 4-5. And but I is he I, locked in with the Bullets? I don't think so. Because didn't he sign with the Bullets? I believe he was signed with the Bullets. Does that carry weight once he's been gone? I don't know. Yeah, it depends I, if, I, if there was a buyout or what the deal is there. I regret saying the Mooney Magna thing because it was a Perth two-way contract. Perth fans jumped on it, and I was—I didn't want to give anything to Perth fans yeah. jumping on that because <laughs> be, it would work. I think. Oh, I would think work. It'd be elite. I, I think they've got—they've got the money. I'd assume. That's what I mean. And it's someone who's not going to demand the ball. You talk about their four spots. Probably the one. If he goes to goes. Melbourne, I give up. He won't go to Melbourne. Surely. If somehow Melbourne find a way to get Will Magna. Oh, I guarantee you, once that thing's happened, his phone from nearly most clubs is going to be off the hook. Oh, as it should be. The guy's a beast, and unfortunately it didn't work out in the NBA, but he's still got plenty of chances. He's still young. Well, you're trying to think maybe the Kings wouldn't because unless you played Moller in the three, Martin, Hunter's playing well. I think you just move. You you could decrease Moller's minutes and bring Magnet. Well, I think you you need to load up on the guards. You've got to remember that Moller's minutes are going to come down significantly when Cooks comes back back in anyway. So it's not like it's going to be a total shock to move Moller back in the rotation. Is Besto out for but I don't think I, I doubt that they'd make a play for him. What about Besto? Besto's been injured. I'd love to see him in a Hawks uniform. He'd look good alongside Oh, that'd be Sam good with the defensive. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, love that. Plenty of options. But Magne, unfortunately, didn't work out this time. He's still going to have plenty. But anyway, that's all we got time for this week. Another massive week of NBL coming up. We love it. Hopefully, a couple of dramatic stories arise. And Pete, remains to be seen whether you'll be in the seat from now on. Remains to be seen whether you'll be here next week, so ah. maybe I'm the leader. I just Me and Ollie will do it. Oh, jeez, the ship would sink if that was the case. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, and as always, gamble responsibly.